0: All right, guys, so we're going to be talking about creative ways to evangelize, like I said. And just a few things that, that I thought of was, before we can talk about creative ways, I guess, to evangelize, there seems to be an, an issue with people maybe not taking evangelism as seriously. And maybe things that, you know, we should be doing. And a lot of times it seems that evangelism is kind of something people think of as an extra thing to do as a Christian. And uh, and I'm not sure why that is. And uh, maybe we can uh, discuss that for a little bit. And uh, Colin, I, I guess, you know, you and I have talked a little bit, but why do you think people don't look at evangelism as something that's essential or necessary, but more like extra credit in the Christian world?
1: You know, true reality, uh, I kind of think it's the idea that, When we're growing up, it's not really pushed, I guess you could say. Uh, When we have the idea of discipleship and evangelism, it's kind of just we go to church, we go through classes, and there's not a lot of uh, driven mindset or purpose driven to that. Because, you know, uh, we may learn a lot about the Bible, but how do we apply it? And I mean, other though, that mentality, you know, some people want to throw it off on, well, If it's a dying church, people want to say, well, this preacher will come and save us, or this will come and do this, or that's their job, when in reality, God says it's the church's job.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it's something that every single one of us needs to be doing. It's not just, like you, you know, the minister's job is not just the job of special people, but every single one of us are... Members of the church, every single one of us have responsibilities to reach out to those that, that we love, and I guess that that kind of brings up some interesting points when it comes to doing that. And it's it kind of starts with relationships. It, it starts with actually reaching out to those that we are already connected with. You know, people that you know you're watching at home. You you have friends. You have maybe even family that that I don't know personally. And that you have that unique relationship already, where they respect you, they value you, and that's where it really starts. And I guess, do you think there's uh, that ha- there's something to that, Colin, where maybe we're scared of ruining relationships, and we don't realize that even though we have those tight relationships, maybe that's exactly what we need to be able to be successful. And, and we –
1: Christ wants us to have gospel conversations. He wants us to be able to share our faith. But sometimes it becomes Satan whispering in our ears and telling us, hey, if you do that, you're going to lose that friendship. Or if you do that, you're going to, uh, they're going to look at you differently or things like that. But reality, you know, if, if you have your leadership at your church on board and they're already driving it along with your ministries, you think about evangelism in those ways, it's really, it's, hey, how can you reach one today and teach one? but also encourage someone.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and as I'm thinking about that, I know whenever I was growing up, there was always that, that scare that I might hurt my relationship. I might do damage when I speak about something that's so, I guess, taboo. You know, it seems that the last thing people want to talk about is religion and politics with friends. Although that, And those are the main, some of the two main things that like to, to start arguments. But when it comes to evangelizing, I think, I, I heard it best, and it was an atheist, a well-known atheist, who said, how much do you have to hate somebody not to tell them? You know, if you actually are concerned for their soul, how much do you have to hate that person not to tell them? And I think that's something we have to ask ourselves, you know, is it do we actually love them enough to maybe put our relationship at at risk to tell them the most important thing? You know, we we would tell them other things. We like to talk about all sorts of topics. But it seems when it comes to the most important topic, it almost seems like we are maybe scared, maybe we're unsure what do you think are some reasons why we're so scared to just bring up? Here's your topics? analogy
1: real quick. I can talk to you all day if I really wanted to about LSU football, right?
0: I, I, I like that idea. I can idea. talk to anybody I
1: want to about Alabama or, hey, uh, Julio Jones or all these no, people, we, right? You can do that kind of thing and be comfortable with that thing. But why is, is it when you it could, comes to Christ yeah. or when it comes to the gospel that we're so timid or so afraid, you know? And that's kind of what you're saying here is like why was it a taboo or why was it a thing that would make us feel like we're going to hurt something. I I, I don't know. I'm just like
0: Yeah. I'm not sure. Is it a passion issue? Because, you know, when I get really excited about something, I'm picking up my phone and I'm sending a message. You know, I'm picking up a phone and I'm calling somebody or I'm posting about it online. Or when I see somebody, it's, did you see fill in the blank? Maybe it was something with sports. Maybe it was something with the news. Maybe it was something with, did you hear about that? And it's something that's kind of the talk of the town or something we get real fired up about. Then I I wonder, when's the last time we've actually felt that much passion about the most important thing? You know, here's how God changed my life. You know, that would be a story worth telling. But here's the flip side. If he hasn't changed your life, there really is no story. There's, There's no passion behind it. It's just something you read about, something you might think about every so often. But if it's not something that's made a difference in our lives, do we actually have any investment? And I guess that's maybe part of the reason why maybe we don't treat evangelism as important, because it's really not on our minds. It's not made our life, I guess, not, not made a
1: difference in yeah. our life. Well, uh, evangelism at the core is sharing the good news. So, so when we think about it, yeah. well, if people, I, I kind of talked to my students here a little while back about this, is I didn't feel like I had any kind of story or anything worth sharing. But in reality, you have the life that God has given you before you've known Christ or before you've known the opportunity to know God or you know of God, you know those relationships are built there, but they're not very rooted compared to what you have when you become a child of God or a baptized believer, so just a thought that-
0: yeah, yeah, and I think that that's that spot on, and it's you know you said the you know the evangelism is all about the good news uh, I once heard someone uh put it this way, and uh, I thought it was really neat uh, he said. If I told you that someone put a million dollars in someone's bank account, you would say, Oh, that, that, that's cool. I guess that's news. But if I told you someone put a million dollars in your bank account, that, that's good news. Now that changed mm-hmm. kind of the equation. And now, obviously, money's not the answer to all things. And the love of money is actually not something that we should, I guess, we should watch out for. We should definitely watch out for that. But the analogy is, I think, spot on. I mean, Am I excited? is it made a difference in my life is it something that i can say hey this happened to me jesus didn't just die for your sins or for someone's sins he died for me and here's how it's made a difference here here's how i've now changed my life for the better and that can be more compelling to somebody cuz a lot of times they want to know well why should i care well here's why you should care cuz someone loves you enough that he died for you, and that's worth more yeah, than. Yeah, it has to dollars. become a
1: personal relationship, a personal foundation within your heart and mind, and within your walk. You know, and uh, Keith Parker put it this way as well. It's kind of, and we could put it in this day and age, but he talked about the cure for cancer. But the reality is, if somebody had the cure for COVID nineteen or coronavirus right now, we would all want to share that, right? Not keep it behind closed doors or anything like that. You know?
0: Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. And we shouldn't want to, to keep it behind closed doors. And and I'm wondering, as we're talking about trying to keep things behind closed doors, we wouldn't want to keep the best news about us behind closed doors. You see about when people have a, a new life change, some kind of new life moment, maybe they graduated, maybe they got their job they've been waiting for their entire life. I think of also when, when people have children, what do they do? Well, they, they can't wait to show everybody and tell everybody about it because it's, something wonderful something exciting and we should have that same passion when it comes to spreading the good news but sometimes it's really not always that easy it's you know i know i've had a lot of people that that i've known that they may think that they know what's right they may feel like they are following god they may feel like they're you know what we would call christians and they're believers but how do we approach evangelism from the stance of when someone is not following the Bible, but thinks that maybe they are. Because that, that's a hard equation, because we don't want to be too judgmental. I know you and I talked about this earlier today. You know, we want to be careful because, you know, we're not the judge, but we also know what the Bible says. And I think it's still a, a good responsibility for us to help others become more like Jesus. So how can we evangelize? How can we help others see what the Bible says without coming across too offensive, where then we've turned them away from the We go to truly
1: the definition of God. You say, God is love, so let's show them love and accommodations and show them where Scripture is saying things. And, you know, with us at Shared Avenue, we've actually launched some small group studies now to where we're walking through a thing called Discovery Bible Studies and to where we uh, have five or six people. And so it's the opportunity to where we pick apart one little passage of Scripture and we think about, well, what has God done in this scripture? What does it mean about God? What does it mean about the people? And then what can I do to share this this week? You know, it's just things to kind of better evangelize ourselves and better encourage those around us to um, really get out there and make it more comfortable. But when the person, when it comes to that person, I think it really is you you show them in love. You say, hey, I I really want to show you something in the scriptures. Or uh, just make it more conversational. Don't be like, you know, we know some people that just want to argue over Scripture, but God didn't send us here on this earth to give us this time of birth to just argue. He gave us a time to love and compassion oh, and yeah. and to share this.
0: And I think when, when it becomes about an argument, when it becomes about an argument, there, there's a loser and there's a winner. And if we make it about winning an argument, well, then we've lost If we make it about winning an argument, then we've really lost that person. Because it shouldn't be about winning. It should be about let's come to the truth. And when I've talked to our teenagers in in Bible class, I think humility has to have a big aspect when we talk to others about just religion or or our belief or the Bible. It needs to come from a part of I don't have all the answers and I'm not perfect. You know, everyone who knows Jonathan says, well, (laughs) huh, huh. We all know that. We all know Jonathan's not perfect. But if we comment from it with that humility and say, you know, let's just see what the Bible says. Let's just find out the answer together. And maybe it's even something you're both not doing, you don't do well at. Maybe it's something you both struggle with. Or you maybe say, hey, I, I can learn from you. You know, maybe you can learn from me. But ultimately, let's see what God has sure. to say about this. And let's come together to find out how we both can become more like Jesus. Because that's the ultimate goal—is to become more like Jesus. Because then, we can be more loving, we're more pleasing to God. And you know, Jesus said, you know, if you love me and you believe in me, you'll you'll do the things I do, you will obey my commandments. And I think that's kind of where we start. Is let's start with Jesus and say, here's what he says. Now let's see, are our actions reflecting that? And maybe that might open our eyes to say, hey, I'm not—I don't have all this stuff right either. And I'm not talking about just big things, it could just be something like, yeah, you know, when I talk to my teenagers, yeah, I'm not doing great at gossiping. You know, I don't have it perfect. And I think it is. if we make it about the big issues and about what they're doing wrong, you might want to rethink our strategy. Yeah, one more little
1: keynote. When you think about trying to reach or share or spread, you know, true reality is everyone's hurting in some aspect or some reality. And you know they, the people, and I've heard it a lot now, but uh, Dale Jenkins said it a year ago or so, was people don't, wanna, don't care how much you know until you, they know how much you care. And so we've got to be able to yep. show people we care first. And that's kind of like when, when Katie and I are out or when we're thinking about things, it's always, I don't know, for some reason, I always want to say hello to everyone, even though I have no clue who they are, or I want to just brighten somebody's <laughs> day, or hey, somebody's broke down on the side oh, of the yeah. road, let's just show people we care. And they may never know our name, but they'll know that we shared the image of Christ, like you were saying, or that we were an example.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think that that's a, a good lead into, you know, just how we carry ourselves matters. You know, if people will say, well, hey, who are you? Because, you know, I, you're not acting very kind until this moment. And now you act like you have all the answers. And that would be a bad way to evangelize, to, to act un, so un-Christlike. Every other moment, except when we decide that we want to call somebody out. So, what are some? And I guess I can share some too. But when you have, when you think of bad ways to evangelize, what are some things that come to mind? And they can be serious. They can, you know, just be. Hey, I heard this really ridiculous way someone tried to evangelize. What are some bad ways we try to uh, evangelize? I kind I think? of think
1: one of them is, uh, you know, if we're going to evangelize our communities around us. And we just maybe just leave something in the mailbox or we just, you know, or we knock on the door and we just like, here you go. We're from this church and that's it. You know, instead of pushing the church, we push our relationship with Christ. You know that.
0: Yeah. And I think another one I like to think about, and it cracks me up, is, you know, if you ask anyone who works in the restaurant business. Sunday is the worst day for waiters and waitresses. They hate Sundays because they're, the customers are rude. They're, they're notoriously bad tippers. And uh, one day we had these cards printed out for, at church and we wanted people to take them and pass them out. And when I made the announcement, I said, well, if you can take some, I said, maybe even leave some at your table. And then I remembered and I stopped and said, but if you're a bad tipper, please don't. And, and I don't, mean to be pushing, you know, tipping, although I kind of do. But if if we're gonna be rude to others and then follow that up with, hey, come to church with me, it, it that's gonna put a bad light on not just the church, but on God. Because if they think, hey, if this person claims to be Christ like and here's how they're acting, I don't want any part in that. And and I think that kind of gets to the point of just making sure We act like Christ in all things, so when we decide to start talking to others about Jesus, we have that rapport with them. We have that relationship with them, and they don't, I guess, I mean, it's ultimately their responsibility, but we have some stuff, we have some responsibility to bear ourselves with how we carry ourselves. Let me ask you this,
1: and then we can kind of ask your viewers as well. Uh, When we think about the worst way to evangelize, how do you feel about the thought if, if you ask someone, if you died tonight, do you know, would you go to heaven? Like, in some ways, it's a great way to ask, but in some ways, it's not, right?
0: Oh, yeah. And uh, speaking of that kind of style, where it's, you know, almost, I want to say aggressive, but it's more blunt. Uh, I had a, I can't remember where we were. I was in, in high school on some kind of youth trip. And some dude pulled me aside, and I should have known, don't speak to complete random people on the side of the street. And uh, But he seemed kind of friendly, I guess. But he asked me, he goes, uh, have you ever told a lie? And I was like, uh, sure, yeah, everyone, yeah, I guess so. He goes, what's that make you? I said, um, I guess a liar. He goes, have you ever stolen anything? And I was like, I don't think so. He goes, even a paperclip clip off a teacher's desk. And I went, well, I guess in yeah. that case, probably. He goes, what's that make you? And I was like, um, he goes, a thief. And I was like, oh, this is going south pretty quick. He goes, you know, that makes you a sinner. And then he started trying to talk to him about Jesus. But at that point, I was just so turned off, even as a Christian. I was like, dude, I don't want to talk to you. This is this is not a good yeah. conversation. And uh, I think we have to be careful with maybe how combative we are well, think- in our personalities. But, uh... I was going to ask, you know, while we're discussing, if you have something to add in the chat, uh, I'm waving my hand frantically at the camera. I apologize. If, if if you have anything you want to add in the chat, we would love to hear from you about good ways or, or bad ways to evangelize. It's, it's good. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. But I do
1: think that a lot of people do it the right way when it comes to that. Like you say, if they died tonight, do you know where they would go to heaven? Some people, you know, you think about it, and some people use it brash or harsh or bold. And then some people are sincere and they're caring and loving because, you know, not once in the Gospels or Jesus tell the disciples, "Hey, Bruce, repent so you can go to heaven when you die, or or you will die." You know, like thinking about that, it's either repent or you'll die. Like Jesus never said that. And when we think about it, people use it for that way, or people use it lovingly, and they're like, "Let's take a moment to self-evaluate where you stand." You know. Yeah, and uh,
0: Caleb said confrontation uh, doesn't really ever become effective and, and and i think that's right i think a conversation rather than confrontation is is effective so we have just a few more minutes so uh, we don't want to be on here too long i think our goal is between 30 and 40 minutes and then cut it off so we you know we have just a few more minutes before we start wrapping things up but what are some creative ways and this is where we really want to hear from you guys who are watching live you know right now especially you know we're having to practice social distancing and uh, it's forcing a lot of us to think outside the box with a lot of things and kind of reevaluate how we've been doing things. What are some creative ways that we can evangelize where it's still not offensive, but it's also genuine? Because we can do so, crea- so much creativity and it becomes almost a performance or almost too showy, and then it loses the, it loses the effectiveness that way. So, what are some creative ways? And uh, i am been brainstorming, but and I know you have too. You're a pretty creative guy. What are some creative ways?
1: All right, well, right now we, we know the digital age is upon the church, you know? Like in reality, it's upon all kinds of ministries. Yeah. And, you know, we're all thinking, what can we do to better present the gospel? Or what can I do to present a message, you know? It doesn't have to be the usual 20, 30-minute message. But, you know, sometimes it may be like, hey— uh, somebody wants to watch those, you know, but it's times when people need the daily devotionals better. They need better connections. And that's one way of evangelism. And the other, you know, I said earlier was, uh, hey, just tell someone hi or not. A lot of people are bold enough, but my wife and I are starting the initiative. Literally, if we see someone struggling or we see someone needs something or we when they walk by or something, we'll be like, can I pray for you right now? Instead of saying, hey, I'll pray for you later, like just ways to show. And it's not to be oh, showboat. Yeah. It's not to be like, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm going to do this. But it's the reality that I care for those people. Like we care for those that are around us.
0: You know, I've done that a few times when someone said, oh, this is something I'm really struggling with. Can you pray for me? You know, a lot of times when we say, uh, uh, you know, yeah, sure, I'll pray for you. We forget. You know, maybe you're better than me, but I'm a pretty forgetful guy. But the f- times I've said, well, why don't we say one right now? I've never had someone say, well, I don't have time right now. Even if they were already in a rush, I've never had someone who said, no, thank you. You know, I, I saw, I think it was Dale Jenkins was t- talking to a, a group of ministers, and uh, he's probably done this several places, but, but he brought up asking your waiter or waitress, hey, we're about, to, we're about to pray when our meal comes out. Is there anything I can pray for you about? And, and that can be effective. You may never see that person again but I think it's about planting seeds. Sometimes I feel like we don't evangelize because we think we have to convert somebody in that moment. And we don't think of it as a long-term investment. And maybe creative isn't the right answer. Maybe it's just doing the small things can be creative.
1: Well, I mean, I also think about, you know, uh, our shepherds here at Sheridan, whenever somebody comes forward, there's three or four people that greet them or three or four of our elders and in our minister. But when you think about it, you know, uh, don't let it deter you when you when someone's reaching out or they've been up there quite a few times because those are the sincerest of people trying to figure out how to get their life right. Because, you know, some people might be like, oh, well, here goes so-and-so up to the front again. But reality is Jesus said, hey, Luke 15, I care for that one over those 99 that are good to go, you know. so
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And uh, I'm waiting that, you know, uh, Caleb mentioned what you said earlier about people, you know, don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. And I think that that's really important. And I would like to see some people commenting about some maybe creative ways they've evangelized or they've seen someone evangelize. And and I think that's uh, someone actually just mentioned uh, seasoning from Colossians 4, 6. And and I think that that, you know, that's a good point. And we can uh, let me pull that up real quick and we'll we'll read that.
1: So I mean, you're thinking about when he says the word seasoning, we're thinking about adding a little bit of, a little bit to it at times, or adding different flavors, you know. Or I guess,
0: well, well, he's he's talking about, and I sort and I was double checking myself before I spoke too early, you know. He says, "Let your speech always yeah. be gracious, seasoned with salt." Oh, yeah. You know, we can't be too brash. We we have to be kind and loving, and making sure that we're using just enough sincere, you know, sincerity, but also just enough maybe bluntness too. You know, I, and I think it goes back to relationships. You know, sometimes we think we have to be so creative that we then say, well then I can't evangelize at all. But, you know, I have a few friends of mine that can be very blunt. You know, th- I have a, several of them that they could call me up today and say, "Jonathan, you did this and that was really stupid." And I would not get offended. Now, if somebody else called me up and said, Jonathan, you did this and that was stupid, I might hang up or I might go off because sometimes I do that, you know, or I might just stay silent and then fume about it later to my wife. You know, I think a lot of, you know, relationships are important and then we can have those difficult conversations and sometimes I've had those conversations with people that are close to me and I was so worried about it and then when the conversation happened, they were saying, hey, I appreciate you coming to me. And there's almost more of a respect that way, and then more doors are being opened.
1: Well, I really, you know, thinking about all this, and and overall in evangelism, you know, every one of us, like you said earlier, that guy was trying to say, hey, you're a sinner. But reality is, if we accept it, we are a sinner at, at the at the core of it all. And Christ, with his blood, became able to wash that away from us. And it's just something to think about, because yes, we're going to fail him daily, but he gives us the opportunity for us to trust in him daily and to be able to seek him daily and to ask for forgiveness daily, you know?
0: Definitely. And I think, you know, as we're wrapping up, I think it, it really comes down to just being genuine. You know, if you feel like, well, I'm not a creative person, just be genuine. You know, just be real. You know, don't don't be too showy. Just say, hey, I, I'm i not perfect either. And if we approach evangelism from whatever avenue, either being creative with technology or whether being creative in how we serve others or how we just use our own talents, if we're genuine and not just trying to do it so we look good, people can read through that. People know when you're doing something, so you get credit. But if we're worried about that, they'll see that. Instead, if we say, I'm just wanting to make sure God's glorified, then I really think, We've went, We've won. Something that that I like saying a lot, and is you know, God didn't call us to be successful. He called us to be faithful, and, and I think that's important. You know, we're called to evangelize. Paul Jesus didn't convert everybody, and sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves. Well, any last thoughts before we? I think kind the greatest opportunity
1: up? right now, since we're not meeting in church buildings all across the United States and the world, is to realize that. These are buildings. Take the word church off it. And we're the church that are being represented through social media, through connections, you know, through small groups to where that's where it really begins. You don't have to uh, evangelize by saying, hey, I want you to come to church with me first. Maybe if you've got small groups going on or things like that, you know, or say, hey, come eat dinner with me and my wife or come eat dinner with my family and let's uh, let's go study together or let's let's spend some time and get to know one another. Develop the personal relationship then share your personal relationship with you know, about Jesus to them and allow them to see where the Scriptures are talking to them and, and things like that. So
0: Definitely, and then doors will be opening. Well, hey, guys, uh, we've been going for almost, looks like th- almost 35 minutes, which is about our goal. So we want to tell you guys thank you for joining us. Uh, just a, a few quick things, and I saw Paul in here earlier. Um, Paul mentioned, uh, just to let you guys know, that he— once a message to let the uh, the world know about uh, May fifteenth, uh, Avengers in Ministry, uh, kind of who we're doing our Thursday videos with. Uh, we'll make the decision about uh, the AIMCon on May fifteenth. So be looking out for that and be praying that everything goes well. I know with this virus stuff, it's thrown a wrench in all sorts of events, and we're all scrambling and. Uh, be praying for them, be praying for us. But then also, there's something big coming, and uh, big coming on in May. We can't tell you anything, but something just really big. So be looking out for that. We're pretty excited. But uh, I, got, we don't have a well Paul, well John kind of ending like uh, the John and Paul show, unfortunately. But I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, Next week we'll be back, um, or I'll be back. Uh, My my plan is to have a different guest each week, maybe rotate a few guys, because you know, and I know, and I know that you know, that you don't want to see my face the whole time. You want to see other people. And i want to let other people uh, talk and other people share, and it helps with the dialogue. Well, all I can say is stay safe, keep looking for ways to serve others, Maybe just call somebody, check in on somebody that you know really needs some, some help. Maybe they need someone just to talk to during this time of isolation. But, uh, but, uh, but above all, make sure that you're glorifying God so that you can always have doors of opportunity being opened. We'll see you guys later.